throughout the nation and around the globe. From his heart to yours, it's Dear James Live, bringing you intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions. Hello, beautiful soul family, and welcome to year three of Weekly Wisdom and Insights, your home for spiritually guided transformation and empowerment. I am your host, Dear James, and together with the Unseen, Spirit, Source, and Symphony, we look at the current energies, we receive the divine wisdom and guidance, and we pursue, and the key word here is we pursue our journey individually and collectively. Welcome, Alicia. And as you are joining from around the globe, Please put in the comments where you're joining from, and uh, remember that we take your questions um, live. We incorporate them live. I had a little stutter there for a moment. <laughs> we have big energies, big, big energies. Um, and we're going to start off with the energies. Today is 11 23 However, what we're looking at is the 11 and the 22 become a 33. So we have all three master numbers present. Welcome, Jennifer. And it's important to remember, so we're kicking off this third year of Weekly Wisdom and Insights, and we're kicking off what the Unseen has been calling the new year, the new. It's not about closing out the old. Yes, that is occurring. However, this, the focus, everything is on the new everything that's coming forward. Because remember, again, 2024 is an eight. So that is a, and the eight in the Yijing represents uniting, unite, coming together. Ourselves, individually, soul self, ego mind, personality self coming together, and the whole of the whole coming together. Welcome, Ava. Welcome, Olivia. So let's look at 11, 22, and 33. The 11, vaster numbers, the 11 is the most intuitive. 22 is the most powerful, 33 is the most influential. 11 is also known as the psychic. And we've been hearing about this clairvoyance and this opportunity to go beyond the tangible, to experience this cosmic shift within ourselves where we're going to see the unseen. We're going to experience it more fully. So we have 11, the psychic. We have 22 the master builder. It's how we incorporate ego, mind, personality, soul source connection, and how we bring them together. And that is the master builder, how we go as guided, how we lead with our soul. And then 33 is known as the enlightened nurturer. We all sit, we've all heard, we all talk about living in a world of peace of goodness, of kindness, of oneness, and this, and the divine feminine, the return of the divine feminine. And here she is, the enlightened nurturer, and how we will all become, when we incorporate the psychic with the master builder, we become the enlightened nurturer. It's as if we, we can't do any wrong because we don't want to. It's not possible. And that, of course, is what it speaks to in the new order of things, it does speak to the fact that the the shadow elements, death, suffering, all of these things are gone. And thereby, what's left 
is the enlightened nurturer. We wouldn't think to do something to someone else because we wouldn't want it done to ourselves. And so this is powerful numbers that we're starting this off, the new, this new year, the new, the third year anniversary, uh, second, I'm sorry, the third year, not the anniversary, third year. Let's move into the main theme. So with this, we've got 11, 22, and 33 playing out. Then we have the, the main theme, and our main theme is forbearance, navigating in the new. We've maintained the same image from last week because it is there, it's crucially important everybody realize and understand. You are the key. You are the renewal, the butterfly wings, the transformation, the transfiguration, the renewal. You see the sun illuminating the crown of the key. So here's our crown chakra, our soul source, our divine connection, our soul source connection being illumined, illuminated. And with this, you see that it, we are navigating the waters. It's, it's none, N-U-N. And you're going to see how this is all about navigating in the new. So there is a, um, a water reference here. We are comprised of water. So there's this whole reference to navigating the new, the waters, and that you are the key. You are the renewal. So we have this first in forbearance. The quality of being patient and being able to forgive someone or control yourself in a difficult situation. That's one definition and meaning of forbearance. And remember that forgiveness can be of ourselves. First and foremost, it's about forgiving ourselves, that forgiveness, that patience, that forbearance, where we control ourselves in a difficult situation. And then the second meaning is also a refraining from the enforcement of something, such as a debt, a right, an obligation that is due. Remember, I'm going to switch here, Amaji, return to the mother, and Amaji. The Sumerians used it to refer to the release from obligations, debt, slavery, taxation, or punishment. Amaji has been regarded as the first known written reference to the concept of freedom and has been used in modern times as a symbol for libertarianism. So here's this Amaji, this ancient, I mean, the cradle of civilization, Sumeria, the Sumerians. And here it is talking about this release from obligations and debt and slavery, punishment, taxation, these things, the first concept of freedom. And then we have the main theme that the unseen gave us, forbearance, a refraining from the enforcement of something such as a debt, a right, an obligation that is due. Welcome, Colleen. So very important to realize that we have, as we embark on this new year, 2024 coming up, and this, this, the new energy, this forbearance, this release from the past, the release from the enslavement, the release from the debts and the duties and so forth. Why? Because what they're saying to me in the moment is because we have earnestly, quote unquote, 
paid our dues. There, and, and again, remember, everyone has the opportunity to advance. Not everyone will. And that is based on choice. That is based on soul choice, ego, mind, personality choice. It's, it's just, it, it is the way it's written. Um, and everything is purposeful and intended, and it's up to us to allow um, another their soul's journey. It is not for us to determine or judge who, you know, there was Pope Francis saying, who am I to judge? It's not for us to judge. That's already written. We are just meant to relax, take a breath. Remember with our numbers, um, there's that piece of 11 is about peace, relax, exhale. And so let's look, let's move to our main, our main energies, our main numbers. 11, peace, relax. It's to exhale. The 22 is about grace and accept. Accept things. It doesn't mean accept things in the sense that you are not whole and sovereign. Your sovereignty is paramount. Soul source sovereignty. Not ego, mind, personality. And we talked about this in last week's show. This was something, a discussion that Jennifer and I had uh, two weekends ago, I believe. So, but it's about the grace and accepting, making space for the choice. 33, the retreat, the disengage, meaning stop, stop fighting and stop swimming up river. Stop um, having the ego mind personality in conflict with the soul. Because the soul source connection, the soul leads, the soul governs. And we are switching. You know, we're switching eras. We're switching to a new order of things. And this new order of things is where we were one with everything is in harmony with itself, with it, with each other. So ego, mind, personality, soul, spirit, source, heart, it's all integrated, operating as one. The seven is that beautiful armies and legions, correct discipline, where it was just talking about in... Um, Forbearance, where we have that quality to control yourself in a difficult situation. There's a lot going on in the world, and we need the ability, each of us, to refrain from something, from the enforcement of something that is, or the control of something that is a difficult situation. We don't need to throw gasoline on the fire. We also don't need to sit and be absolutely quiet. But however, the point is that balance of knowing correct discipline, when to act, how to act, and then knowing that you're doing so in a manner that contributes, doesn't destroy, dismantle, harm. All of the numbers, the 1122 becomes a 33, with the 7 of the 2023 becomes a 40. 40 is about deliverance and how we're untangling ourselves from the past. And the four and the zero become a four, and we're dealing with youthful folly, try again. And we've had this before, but we haven't delved into it as deeply, this youthful folly. So we're going to dive in to youthful folly um, with this week's energies and this whole setting the tone for the whole next year, this whole third year of weekly wisdom and insights. It's setting the tone that we're going we're gonna to get it right this time because everything is shifting. Everything is changing. The old is over. 
dismantling. Um, so we're going to look at, let's bring this up. I'm, I'm front loading the show this week with all of the information so that it sets the tone for everything. So let's look at then what's occurring in our astrological influences. Uh, today, 1122, the sun enters Sagittarius. And remember, at 20, I believe it's 26 degrees Sagittarius, that might be 24, 24, 26 degrees Sagittarius. That is the central sun, the heart of our universe. And so here the sun is entering Sagittarius. And on the 24th, which is Friday, Mars and Ceres enter Sagittarius. What they said about this, and you're going to see why, is they said the capstone of illumination, a higher perspective. So the unseen, and let me show you why. Here on the screen is the astrological natal chart for um, the sun entering Sagittarius. So today, this is from astroseek.com. And what's up on your screen in the center of the, of the wheel? is this what's known as a capstone. It is like the top of a pyramid. It's the top of an obelisk. And you see this, so you see these red, the, the blue lines very, very clearly, and the, and the apex, the, the point of the capstone, is right on Pluto at 28 degrees Capricorn. Everything keeps pointing to Pluto. Everything in these last weeks keeps pointing to Pluto. And remember, Pluto is cleaning up, cleaning up business before it officially advances for the first time in 240 some years. And it'll advance into Aquarius. So when you look on the right, and then you see this red line, and it looks like there's a hatch being released, and, and the red representing uh, what needs to be released, what has um, served its purpose and is no longer necessary. The things that that Pluto is churning up for us to see and witness, to let go of. And so it's, it's this capstone with this release hatch, letting it out. So, and then on the left and the right sides of the astrological wheel, you see the image of the Bennu, the Bennu bird. So let me share with you a little bit about Ben-Ben first, and then the Bennu. So, in the creation myth of the Heliopolitan form of ancient Egyptian religion, Ben-Ben was the mound that arose from the primordial waters, Nu, N-U, upon which the creator deity, Atom, settled. So remember this image, the waters, the key, the butterfly wings, the illumination, and that we're navigating in the Nu, and it has to do with waters. The Ben-Ben stone, also known as a pyramidian, is the top stone of the pyramid. It is also related to the obelisk. In the pyramid texts, utterances 587 and 600, Atum himself is at times referred to as mound. It was said to have turned into a small pyramid located in Heliopolis, Egyptian Anu or Lunu, within which Atom was said to dwell. Other cities developed their own myths of the, primor, the, primor, the primeval mound. At Memphis, the god Tatanan, an earth god and the origin of all things in the shape of food and viands, meats, 
divine offers, all good things, was the personification of the primeval mound. So we have Ben-Ben, the creation myth, this mound that everything arose from. They, um, the Ben-Ben stone named after the mound was a sacred stone in the Temple of Ra at Heliopolis. Ra meaning the sun. Egyptian Anu or Lunu, it was the location on which the first rays of the sun fell. It is thought to have been the prototype for later obelisks and the capstones of the Great Pyramids were based on its design. The capstone, the tip of the pyramid, is also called a pyramidion in ancient Egypt. These were probably gilded so that they shone in sunlight. So there's this piece, and you may be asking, but this is why this Ben-Ben stone, this capstone, and remember in, in the United States, this the all-seeing eye, the capstone, is on the, the reverse side of all currency. So there's this deep connection to the founding of America, this new ideal, this hope, this capstone, and ancient Egypt, the capstone, the creation myth. All of this culminating because, as on you see on the screen, this sun entering Sagittarius, this capstone element, is very prevalent. So now let's go to the Bennu bird. So the Bennu bird is an ancient Egyptian deity linked with the sun, creation, and rebirth. He may have been the original inscription for the phoenix uh, legends that developed in Greek mythology. According to Egyptian mythology, Bennu was a self-created being said to have played a role in the creation of the world. He was said to be the Ba, the personality component of the soul of the sun deity, Ra, and to have enabled the creative actions of Atum. The deity was said to have flown over the waters of Nun, N-U-N, that existed before creation, landing on a rock and issuing a call that determined the nature of creation. He was also a symbol of rebirth and therefore was associated with Osiris. Some of the titles of Bennu were He Who Came Into Being By Himself and Lord of Jubilees, the latter epithet referring to the belief that Bennu periodically renewed himself like the sun was thought to do so, like the sun does every day. His name is related to the Egyptian verb weben, meaning to rise in, br in brilliance or to shine. So there, the messaging here, the reason this is being shared with us is because we are at a capstone moment. We are at this peak moment of transformation, of transcendence, of advance. And it has to do with the primordial, the primordial waters, the our recreation, our renewal our transcendence. The old order, the Piscean era, the old order of things passing away, and the new order, the Aquarian age, the matriarchal age, rising, returning. And there is this beauty, and you'll see in, in the hexagram for Youthful Folly, its underlining cause is return. And the unseen was really clear about the return, there's been, for 2,000 plus years, 
and we've talked a lot about it in the last two years, the, in essence, the second coming, the return of Master Jesus, of Christ. There's that um, component. There's also then, the unseen said, this return, and the return is the return to self, soul self, which means an awakening, that the return is truly coming back home, coming back to ourselves, to our oneness and our wholeness, where ego, mind, personality, and soul self are no longer separate. They're integrated. Add in the heart, and it's that rotary, the Mazda, the rotary engine, how they operate in a unity, in a triangle. And then, and they said that is the journey. So this return, which creates the awakening, the awareness that I am to return to my soul self. I'm to return to allowing my soul to lead. And thereby, and that is the journey. That is the, that is the continuation of the journey. Once it fully integrates and happens, meaning the awareness of they are integrated, well, then the journey becomes the experience of that, the awareness of that, the demonstration of that. Because remember, all this time, the ideal becomes the new reality. We've been focused on achieving the ideal, of getting there. Well, what happens, boom, in a, nano, in a nanosecond when we are there? It's a whole new world. It's a whole new experience. And that's number four, D as in David, 4D, the unseen gave this week is a whole new world. And then there's colon. And then they said, heaven help you with an exclamation point. And that was a double entendre. It, was a, it had a double meaning. One is heaven help you, meaning heaven will help you, exclamation point. The other one was heaven help you. Because that can mean that it's an experiencing where you're experiencing strong feelings of worry or concern. Meaning, are you, where are you not in alignment? Because the more, again, the more we're in alignment, heaven help you. The more it's, the more easy it is. Oh, you're in complete disarray, disbelief, non-belief. Well, then heaven help you, you know, because (laughs) you're going to have that experience. (laughs) So either way, we're going to have experiences. Um, uh, Sue is saying, Cool, I've been uh, consistently picking up Osiris, but definitely Egyptian myth as well. Yes, because it's one of, it is the creation story. I mean, it's from Sumeria to Egypt forward. That is um, the path that we all took. And thereby, um, it plays a foundational role. And this capstone, this all-seeing eye that sits at the top. And we often say, you know, source. The soul, the source, knows all. We know little. So let's look at our key words. Return, awaken, journey. There's a golden age. They're talking about a golden age. And... In that, they said, it's the second thing they gave us. And they said, a golden age of enlightenment. 
hyphen return. And then there's a lot of discussion about um, what's known as the seventh golden age. However, the unseen is saying a golden age of enlightenment, of return, and how that will play out because it's been here before. We, we have read about, you know, the times of Atlantis and, this, and Lemuria and this golden age, this golden age of enlightenment, consciousness. The capstone, the Benben, the Bennu, and then a thousand miles, years, nights, rain. And you will see how this thousand miles, thousand years, thousand nights, thousand rain, thousand year rain plays in as we go in further into the into the show. Um, but these are our key words. So as you're moving forward in this whole next year, from here on forward and everything, this whole next year, return, awaken, journey, a golden age. And this capstone, this all-seeing eye, the, the creation myth, the Ben-Ben, the Bennu, and this thousand miles, thousand years, thousand nights, thousand year reign, and how those things are playing out. Um, and let me just go back really quickly. I'm going to show you again. Here's the image of today's sun entering Sagittarius. Look to the far right, and you will see Mars sitting at 28 degrees Scorpio. It's Sabian symbol. Let me just bring this up really quickly. These are the Sabian symbols from Dane Rudyer, um, his astrological mandala, and they're really quite brilliant. Um, I'll do a show one time on this. Um, anyways, moving forward, Mars sits on your right-hand side, 28 degrees. So the Sabian symbol for it is 29 degrees Scorpio. And it says, an Indian squaw pleading to the chief for the lives of her children. The keynote is love as a principle of redemption. So we have forbearance. We have amaji. We have this, the, an Indian squaw pleading to the chief for the lives of her children. And love as a principle of redemption. Here the soul is presented as a mother whose sons, her active energies, have become disruptive forces in the collective life of the tribe. She seeks to counteract the karma of their misdeeds through her love and implorations. The soul is responsive to the experience of unity, the spiritual king or chief, but the energies of human nature often follow their their self-seeking divisive tendencies. This symbol presents us with the value of prayer, the principle of wholeness in mankind, the soul, the acts to offset or attenuate the dictates of karma. Remember, a couple shows back, karma, this huge issue about karma. In a religious sense, Mary, the mother, is seen as the mediatrix in constant acts of intercession for the sake of waylaid individuals. So here again is this opportunity for forbearance, for forgiveness, this active mother on behalf of, so Amaji, Mother Mary, the Divine Feminine, seeking forgiveness for our humanness, our ego mind personality acts. Because the soul is pure. The soul is love. 
And so it's being done on the principle, love as a principle of redemption. Now go across to your left, and you will see Neptune sitting at 24 degrees Pisces, so it's 25 Pisces. A religious organization succeeds in overcoming the corrupting influence of perverted practices and materialized ideals. See, ego mind personality, Piscean, patriarchal, everything tangible, our currencies, our money, everything tangible, homes, tangible. Everything's fixed. Everything's earth-based bound. And that can create, the shadow element of that is the materialized ideals. And how that, again, when you see it in, in concert with the previous symbol, where it's talking about, has become the, the disruptive forces in the collective life of the tribe because it's talking about these it's offsetting these physical things of the mind, of the ego mind personality. Well, here we have, it's overcoming the corrupting influence of perverted practices and materialized ideals. It's where we've placed material value and objects before love, the soul, the purity of them. The keynote here is, the power of the soul to intervene in the personal life and to induce necessary catharsis, necessary change. The necessary centralization of the conscious attention and will symbolized by the preceding picture most often bring negative results, exclusive of, exclusivism, pride, jealousy, greed for power and wealth. It is the shadow elements. It's what Pluto is bringing up that is not pretty. It is not fun for us to be going through what we're going through, to bear witness to the underbelly of these truths, of these choices, of deferring to the ego mind personality and the materialism of things versus the soul, versus source. Every person is a church that has the soul as its God, but most People forget the soul and live according to dogmatic rules and habits, which not only have become empty of inner meaning, but very often have been perverted by the demands of the senses and the emotional nature, and by the ego with its rationalizing intellect. Remember, the ego, my personality, it will beg, barter, steal, delay, procrastinate, all of these things. And the soul just sits there patiently and quietly. Source. The divine mother-father sit there patiently, quietly awaiting our return to source, to self, to the soul. A purging or catharsis is needed to restore not only fresh and creative spontaneity, but even more the contact with the soul and the God-ordained dharma. This symbol leads significantly to the series of five symbols which concludes the vast cycle because the final consummation of this process of actualization of the potency inherent in the original creative act, Ben-Ben, Ben-U, the capstone, the, the, the creation, requires moments of crisis and purification. So we can see crisis the world over. 
because it requires, so the original creative act requires moments of crisis and purification to cleanse. That is what's going on. When you look then at the tip, at the point, which is Pluto in Capricorn at 28 degrees, what do we have? A woman, it's 29 degrees Capricorn, the Sabian symbol, a woman reading tea leaves. The ability to see the signature of hidden meaning in every occurrence drawing one's attention. This is that clairvoyance. This is that seeing beyond the surface, seeing beyond the ego mind personality to get to, live with, live within, lead with your soul, with your soul source connection. Man has always sought to interpret the meaning of events or situations which baffle him in terms of specific omens or, quote, signatures. The reading of tea leaves is only a commonplace modern version of a certain type of procedure used by priests of all ancient religions. The practice is based on a realization of the relation of everything to everything else, a definition of astrology given by Mark Jones. Dream interpretation in-depth in depth, uh, psychology belongs to the same category as it is based on the establishment of a close connection between the unconscious and the conscious. But in dream analysis, the individual unconscious, at least at first, is mainly referred to while in omens or modern fortune-telling at its best, one relies upon the power of occult forces or entities to convey the information that will clarify confusing situations. In a nutshell, what this is saying is, when the ego mind personality, when what we see on the surface is confusing, overwhelming, when we stop at the surface, when we judge, when we label it, and that can be ourselves and others, what clarifies the confusing situation is the unseen, is the soul. It is your intuition, your, no, your innate knowing. It is the clairvoyance. This symbol refers to a specific technique of understanding or evaluation. What is implied is the ability not only to perceive the facts of everyday existence, but to see through these facts and discover how they are related to the realm of basic meanings or archetypal processes. This is essentially what is meant by true clairvoyance, the capacity to see in everything the signature of deeper realities, the signature of deeper truths, of what's really happening, of what's really going on, and thereby correct discipline before we act we receive, we listen, we return so that we can truly see what's going on in any given situation in our lives and in the world so that we respond, we don't react. We're proactive, not reactive. And that process is a journey. And it's here today with, with the start of the third season, 11, 22, 33, all three master numbers present the capstone present, the creation myth present, the waters present. You being, each of us being the key and being the butterfly, that we are no longer 
quote-unquote earthbound beings. Physical, seeing ourselves only as a human, a physical being. No, where the, where the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. And the butterfly transcends its limitations, its restrictions, its earthbound nature, and takes flight, soars. And it does, it, it does so through this transfiguration, this, this metamorphosis, this transformation. All of this is present. And last but not least, you also see the moon on the left side of the image. I'll just bring it up really quickly again. It's just there um, on the left side of the blue line. And it speaks to light breaking into many colors through a prism. The analytical power of the mind necessary for the formulation of life processes in their many aspects. It's allowing, it's the analytical power. See, it, 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 we have said, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We absolutely need, need, want, and desire a healthy ego mind personality. With that power, with the purity of that analytical power, that ability to discern, not to judge, to um, receive information and process it. It allows for the many colors of this prism, the many colors of ourselves to come through, to shine. And that, and the, remember the moon, she reveals what's hidden. She holds, she holds what's sacred. She holds it. She protects it. And she reveals it. This symbol points to the fundamental type of operation in all modes of existence. The most beautiful and seemingly everlasting experience of unity will in time be superseded by the need to attend to a multiplicity of details. Existence implies differentiation. So it means that, again, the unity, we come together, it's going to evolve. It's going to form into a multiplicity. And then it's going to come back into unity again. It's ebbing and flowing. It's ever evolving. That's where we are. Um, Colleen is saying, uh, have you seen Rob Reiner talking about his podcast regarding the Kennedy assassination? Talks to, uh, about how it is a conspiracy, which I always believed, which is going to Olivia's part about this is the 60 year um, today. 60 years since Kennedy was killed, 30 miles from where uh, she lives. Um, and there's a piece about this. So again, um, she's saying at the very end, no freedom was ever supposed to be granted for all races. So again, ego, mind, personality, control, patriarchal rule, believing that we know best versus Original intelligence, source, God, spirit, source, symphony, knows best, knows all. So again, this is a huge lesson for all of us. It is a huge wake-up call because, remember, this is talking about the awakening. It's a return. It's, a, it's to awaken that we humans, when we allow... Spirit, source, and symphony, the unseen, source, 
God to come through us, we know all because it's coming through us. The realization and the reality is that it is not us. It is not us doing it. It is soul, source, spirit, symphony, God, Buddha, Allah, however you wish to identify with it. That, that is our empowerment. That is our beingness. It's not the ego mind personality. So to the point of Olivia and Colleen uh, regarding the 60-year the anniversary today of uh, the assassination of Kennedy. Because again, in that given era and time, patriarchal, there, there, was, there was such a predominance of ego, mind, personality, control. We know better. We know best. That is gone. That form of governance and government and thinking and being is gone. And you, you can easily affirm that by looking at world events, by looking at how the old ways, that dog don't hunt is the, is the easiest way to say it, and the fear of losing that kind of control, manipulation, control, being, living, causes fear in people. Just as equally as the empowerment, the advance of people, the return to the divine feminine, the divine mother. Let me bring in our um, mantra. My journey is a process of discovery. My journey is a process of discovery. It's a, it's a return. It's a discovery of the return. That is what we're talking about. My journey is a process of discovery. Re- discovery, remembering who I am truly. Not, not what my ego mind personality tells me, but what my soul knows. What my soul knows. That is the process of discovery, of remembering, of becoming whole again. So let's move to youthful folly. Um, The action is try again. It's hidden influences 24 return. We go back. It literally says 24 return. Go back. Well, go back to where we began an octave higher. This return back to oneness, to unity. Its underlining cause is molting, transform, the butterfly. This transcendence, transformation, metamorphosis, this molting. And from Carrie Hone at CafeOSoul.com, she says, To know success, you must make peace with the idea of failing. Failing is a concept that um, I don't really subscribe to because there really is never failure. There is levels of consciousness that say, 
have I reached a goal? Did I, did I achieve something? But in the words that I just said, recognize that that required thought, thinking, ego, mind, personality. So to the Sabian symbols, we've got to see below the surface. We've got to see through something to recognize that quote-unquote failing may simply be succeeding in disguise. Because is the failure ego-mind personality? Is it judgment? Is it from the ego-mind personality? Versus the soul saying, that was exactly the experience you were meant to have so that you would receive XYZ, or its opposite. And thereby, by any term of definition, why would that be a failure? It wouldn't be. It would be a success. It would be divine and neutral. It would be exactly what we were meant to do. So there's a key element here of not being in judgment. Um, and then we have this beautiful quote by Apictetus: um, No man is free who is not a master of himself. So no person is free who is not a master of themselves. Correct discipline. Legions. Going as guided. Having everything you need at all times. And believing it. It does mean that we have to master, in this current moment, that there's a need to master the ego-mind personality. To place it in reverence and service to the soul, to, to your soul source connection. Your soul knows the way. Your soul knows all. Your ego personality, your ego mind personality, little. So we go on, she goes on to say, the greatest thing Meng, meaning youthful folly, teaches is how knowing something with inner certainty means nothing needs to be defended. See, when we're in a right alignment, soul source connection, there's no need to defend our position. Even if somebody's, even if somebody else doesn't get it, it's okay. We don't need to defend it. When we are ignorant, we use many words to defend our insecurity or vague ideas. When we are enlightened, a return, a golden age of enlightenment, a return. When we are enlightened, we need no words or confirmation of our truth. Teachers come into our lives in many forms. Be open to how this may be happening. The time calls for going back and trying again. Criticism can hurt our feelings. However, if we desire to be the best we can be, then we need to be open to input. A teacher may say, no, this isn't the right way. Try again. However, when life does this to you by blocking your way, it is often viewed as a message to give up. Failing is no reason not to try again. Youthful folly cultivates a state of mind that not only allows you to stand at the threshold of awareness without judgment, it also brings the joy of discovery that ensures your success. Life keeps us in a state of not knowing precisely I'm sorry, life keeps us in a state of not knowing precisely to keep us growing. Because see that unknown? 
the ego mind personality is getting confused, doesn't know. But when we sit and connect stillness, soul source connection, it brings success. It brings clarity. It brings its clairvoyance. It brings knowing. Much of the suffering we face has the purpose of leading us back to wonder. One who sees failure as a stepping stone for success always succeeds. Because see, in, in seeing through the failure, you really see the neutrality, the divine neutrality, which leads to success. You don't get stuck. You don't get bottled up. You don't stop. You don't give up. You see through it. You persevere because you're open to receive. The turning point during failure leads you to retreat, regroup, and try again. The underlining cause for Meng is that a period of molting or revolution has led to a state of innocence where you can be led, soul source led. It is time to become a student again. Because the only way that we will ever achieve outside of divine intervention, which is absolutely a component of all of this, and that's probably the loudest component, is our surrender to the way, this truth, youthful folly, be, the, the innocence. It's not about being jaded. It's not about judging. It's not about quitting or you know, giving up. It's about being open to go as guided. The first thing the unseen said was a thousand mile journey of discovery, self-discovery. So this journey, this thousand mile journey of discovery, self-discovery. And then they said, he'll heed the call with three exclamation points. They are screaming to us all, wake up, wake up, wake up before it's too late. Because again, it involves choice. What all that beyond before it's too late, simply means, what are the choices I'm making? Is it in alignment with my soul self, or is it in alignment with my ego, my personality self? And whatever experience um, unfolds from those choices. Divine and neutral, no judgment. Like a student approaching a new course of study, Know that trial and error will hone your expertise. This enlightenment brings forward a sense of stillness and power. Take everything in stride, but admit your mistakes so you can learn from them. Admit your mistakes. There, there are no mistakes in life. There are just choices and experiences. Cause and effect. Karma. Divine neutrality. So it's really... Admit your choices. So I would, re I would replace the word mistakes. Take everything in stride. However, admit your choices so you can learn from them. The master said, in search of stillness, there's this beautiful quote. The master said, in search of stillness, you travel a journey of a thousand miles. The actual journey has the sublime effect of returning you to your center and strengthening your trust in the way. And this quote in this image brought forth 
the the experience and the image of Noah and the ark. Imagine receiving that that calling, that wake up call, that clairvoyance, and knowing that's what you're to do. Now the rest of the world is going on about its business around you. Then comes the ridicule, the judgment, the mocking. And yet you continue to be truthful and faithful to your soul, to what your soul source connection is guiding you to do. And we all know how the story unfolds and ends. Two of each are saved. And the dove brings about the symbols of peace and renewal, life, that it's safe to come out. And the rest of existence, the deluge, was wiped away. The palate cleansed. That is, in search of stillness, you travel a journey of a thousand miles. And this dove of peace, that image of the dove of peace, there is such power and poignancy in that truth. Do not allow yourself, ego, mind, personality, or others to dissuade you or move you from what you know to be true, meaning your soul knows to be true. That is where the gold lies. That is where your absolute empowerment lies. And that's where in this moment of stillness, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to explain yourself. You simply are. Be. You may share. You might want to share. But share from a place of, again, your own non-judgment or your own non-need to convince someone or something. Simply is. The abysmal water wells up at the foot of the mountain and portrays the inexperience of a youth who seeks a wider awareness. Folly describes the false starts that come from a lack of experience. But this trial and error is necessary to season you. Remember we were talking about how your soul source connection will say to you, cross the street, you do it, now cross back over. That was my personal example. Now cross back over. What are you doing? Why am I doing this? Is the ego mind personality questions it and gets a little huffy. The unseen says, we're training you. We're, we're, it's necessary to season you, to hone that clairvoyant muscle, that soul source connection. When you want to know success, you must make peace with the idea of failing, meaning not getting it right. But it's not failing. It's, it, it, it's, they're saying to me in the moment, it's, it's being off your game, your soul source connection game. So it's not failing. It's repetitive seasoning, training getting it, quote, air quotes, getting it right. In Tao's pursuit of excellence, carving and polishing means removing the layers. See, this is, it's removing all the guck that we've placed on ourselves, ego, mind, personalities, labels, identities, stories, 
perceptions, judgments, all this stuff. It's carving and polishing means removing the layers. Cutting and grinding is the cultivation of the self. Youthful folly is the symbol of something growing beneath a cover. It portrays, there's the moth, I mean, the well, moth, the butterfly, in the cocoon. It portrays um, that something is growing beneath the cover. It portrays the illusion of how you believe that you must conquer others to develop power. You will find that you must only conquer yourself. See, it's, it's destroying the belief that in order to have something, to be something, that we have to, to this point of the discussion where, with um, Olivia and Colleen, patriarchal rule and so forth, that we have to oppress, suppress, suppress others to have power. That is a hollow victory. It is a foundation that crumbles in upon itself because it was never true. It was never real. In this, you will find that you must only conquer yourself. We have to conquer and break down the illusion that that is really the way or that that is the truth. It's not. But it shows us its opposite. It shows us the shadow aspect of ourselves, of that way of thinking, believing, acting, behaving. Without looking out the window, you will discover the natural way. Without looking out the window or following others, you discover a power within that grows beneath cover. You need not look to anything else to find your way. Your way, you will always know, soul source. You'll know when it's ego, mind, personality, and you will know when it's the soul. They are two drastically different transmissions, frequencies, um, sounds, way of, of interacting. They are completely different. The master said, one of little words has inner value. In the process of learning, you will find that words are a measure of your inner certainty. To stand in silent knowing is real power. When you feel the need to defend yourself, you are merely reassuring your own misgivings. At peace with who you are, energy can mount without the use of words. This is the inner strength that emerges from stillness. Main can be a message that you are searching for something out there to satisfy what can only be found in here. You have attached yourself to an outcome that is blocking your ability to hear the message. Let go. Time is perfectly spaced to hear the echo of sincerity. This is the moment. See, time is perfectly spaced to hear the echo of sincerity. Perfectly, this is the time, this is the moment to hear yourself, your soul self, to make these choices and decisions and to go accordingly, to go as guided. Um, item three from the unseen, they said, fleeing the past, you arrive unscathed, changed, yet unscathed, exclamation point. Fleeing the past, you arrive unscathed. Unscathed means without suffering, and they underline the word suffering, without suffering, any injury, damage, or harm. So this moment is about fleeing the past, and we arrive unscathed. No suffering, no injury, no damage, no harm. And 5E, I looked up in the time at, at the time I was doing this was 1151, so 11, the most intuitive, the psychic. 51 in the Yijing is thunder, 
shock and awe. And it says, one hears thunder unexpectedly. First comes fear, then a sharpened vision. That's from divination.com. So again, we've been talking about a celestial occurrence, thunder, shock and awe. Thunder wakes us up, gains our attention. It can cause fear. And in this instance, they're saying, and then a sharpened vision, a sharpened knowing and understanding. So with all of this powerful, powerful, powerful energy, and in the United States, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I am mindful to express my deep gratitude for all of you for this beautiful journey of two years and the beginning of this third year. And I am equally mindful to be so very grateful to the unseen, to Spirit, Source, and Symphony for their unwavering love and determination, tenacity for us, them, us, the whole of the whole, to get it right, to truly be the embodiment and the example of heaven on earth. And that is something to be incredibly thankful for. So I love all of you. I thank you so very, very much. And I think for me, you can place in the comments, this 11, 22, 33, these energies, this moment, this message, this week for setting the tone for this whole next third year. Powerful, empowering, and one I am profoundly grateful for as I am for you. So until next week, be well, have a beautiful and safe holiday, um, wherever you may be if, if you're celebrating, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to Dear James Live. Gain intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions and so much more by tuning in next week and visiting DearJames.com.